the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So they certainly had an opportunity to observe him. And he is appealing to his conscience saying, look, I was with you that whole time. And everything I said, I meant. There was no duplicity, no ambiguous talk. I was not guarded. I told you what I meant. Nothing hidden. Paul spoke as all Christians should speak. Non-Christians don't speak like this generally. That's why he characterized his speech with the words he went on to say, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God. Meaning that his speech wasn't characterized by the way the world speaks. They speak from fleshly wisdom. Welcome to Verse by Verse. If you have been following the program, you already know who Pastor Steve is talking about. It's the Apostle Paul. And today, we're continuing our study of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul spent enough time with the Corinthians that you would think they would have had a pretty good idea how honest he was. Yet it seems that they were listening to some people who were accusing Paul of dishonesty because he did not come to them when he said he would. And they said that if Paul wasn't honest about that, how can they believe what he says about God? It sounds terrible, and I suppose Paul was pretty upset about the undeserved accusations, but God used that situation to give us some great teaching about integrity. Today, Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff will lead us through the middle portion of a three-part message based on 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Pastor Steve has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His expository or verse-by-verse messages are now available on the air through the work of Verse-by-Verse Ministries. If you have your Bible and want to follow along, we'll be starting right out with verse 12. Here now is Pastor Steve to explain how Paul could boast in a good way. Now what was that? What was he boasting about? We read on, for our proud confidence is this. So he's going to tell us what it is. It is the testimony of our conscience. Paul boasted about the fact that he had a clear conscience. When he thought of his conscience, he said, it's clean, it's clear. When it came to his behavior towards the Corinthians, he said, we behave like this towards the world, but especially towards you Corinthians. Now, what is the conscience? What is the conscience? A conscience is that moral monitor that God has placed within every one of us. It is a moral warning system Uh, that everyone has. When we do what's right, our conscience gives us approval. It applauds us in that sense. It approves of our actions. It approves of our motives if we do what's right. If we do what's wrong, our conscience just screams out at us with accusations, a million cries of guilt. Romans chapter 2, Paul speaks of the, uh, the Gentiles who don't have the law of God 
There are pagans who didn't have the written law of God, but he said in Romans chapter 2, verse 15, in that they, speaking of the Gentiles, show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. That's what a conscience does. It accuses you when you're wrong. It offends you when you're right. Your conscience evaluates your motives as well as your actions. On earth, there is no higher appeal to a court than your conscience. You may fake other people out, and you may pretend to be something that you're not, but your conscience will tell you. Your conscience tells you. The conscience, though, to work properly and effectively, God's Word must enlighten it. Must enlighten it so that it will be sensitive and responsive to the high moral standards of Scripture. Well, the Apostle Paul uh, thought very much about conscience, and Paul had a highly enlightened and sensitive conscience because he had filled his life with so much of the Word of God. And so, when Paul considered his behavior among the Corinthians as well as his conduct in the world, he could boast that by the grace of God, the testimony of his conscience was that he had behaved properly. Conscience was important to the Apostle Paul, and it ought to be important to you. He uh, said, for example, in Acts chapter 23, when he stood before the Sanhedrin council in Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 23, verse 1, it says, Paul, looking intently at the council, said, Brethren, I have lived my life with a perfectly good conscience before God up to this day. Now, Paul wasn't claiming to be uh, sinless, but what he was saying is when I do sin, I confess it and deal with it, and I know nothing that anyone could hold against me right now. I've dealt with everything. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing in my closet. No skeletons there. He said in the next chapter, chapter 24, verse 16, he said, in view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience both before God and before men. He also wrote to Timothy, in two places he wrote about a conscience, actually several places, but in 1 Timothy chapter, uh, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, this is at the end of his life, he's about to be beheaded, he said, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night, even at the end of his life. In a dungeon in Rome, Paul said, my conscience is clear. He said in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that those who serve in the office of deacon, he said in verse 9, they are to hold to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. That is to say that they are to embrace the faith, they are to embrace the word of God and have a clear conscience in obedience towards God. There ought to be nothing in their life that's out of whack, biblically. So conscience was important to Paul. Now, specifically, how did Paul behave in terms of the specifics and the concrete stuff about his conscience? Or to put it another way, how does a man of integrity uh, behave when it comes to a clear conscience? Well, Paul went on to explain as we read further in verse 12. That in, here's his explanation of how his conscience, uh, what his conscience boasted about, that in holiness and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially toward you. Paul states that his conscience testified to the fact that his behavior in the world, and especially to the Corinthians, was characterized by two things. He uses two words 
that describes his integrity. Number one is holiness. Number two is godly sincerity. Or really, one it's just one word in the Greek language, godly sincerity, not two words, just sincerity. And what does he mean by these two terms? It's important that you and I understand these two terms because I think that, that these two terms rightly explain, open up to us Paul's point, the point about integrity. First, I want you to notice the word holiness. That word means sanctity or uh, moral purity. However, Bible scholars debate whether the original word that Paul pens in the, in the actual Greek language was the word that is for holiness. There's a question because there's a manuscript discrepancy. Now, let me explain. We don't have the original manuscripts, and that's a good thing because if we did, we probably worship them rather than the Lord. However, we do have many ancient Greek manuscripts, and some Greek manuscripts have the word holiness, and some have another word that should be translated simplicity, which means frankness or, or being straightforward in terms of saying something that you mean, not saying one thing and meaning another thing. So you have some Greek manuscripts that say holiness, others say simplicity. It, it's really not for us to settle that issue here, except to say, let me give you some thoughts about this. We can't settle the manuscript question here. However, there are some good reasons why the original word may have been simplicity rather than holiness. For one thing, um, the Apostle Paul never uses this Greek word for holiness unless he used it here. Now, he uses other words for holiness, but not this unique word. Now, that doesn't mean that he didn't use it here. It's just saying that uh, he's never used it any other place, so uh, very likely or somewhat likely they didn't use it here. Also, the word simplicity seems to fit the context quite well because it goes along with the next word that Paul used, and that is the word sincerity. Remember I said simplicity means to be frank and, and speak in a straightforward manner. Sincerity means clearness, the absence of hypocrisy, the absence of deceit. Now let me explain. This is a very rich word. It was a word that referred to holding something up to the sun, to, to, to let the sun sort of evaluate it, not S-O-N, but S-U-N, the light of the sun. And here's how, here's how this word was used. Ladies, if you went into a shop in ancient days and you wanted to buy, let's say, some fabric, uh, the room would more than likely be dark, so you really couldn't see exactly what you were getting. It might not be the kind of fabric you wanted. So you would take it out, and you would hold it up to the light, make sure that the stitching was right, make sure that the colors didn't uh, were clear, didn't blend into the others. You wanted to make sure that it was a good garment. Also, gentlemen, if you wanted to buy a pot of clay or your wife wanted to buy some pottery, you'd also take that pottery out and hold it up to the sun. Why? Because unscrupulous merchants would often get defective pottery that would have cracks in them. And so what they would do, they would fill those cracks in with wax, which you couldn't tell if, they were wa if it was wax in the shop because it was dark. And if you bought something with wax in it, you heat something in that, and the wax is going to melt, and whatever you have in there is just going to drip out. So they took it outside, and they held it up to the sun and let the sun scrutinize it to see if there was anything that was covered up. That's the thought of this word. Paul is saying, when it comes to, to the way I've conducted myself, there are no cover-ups, no wax in my life. 
My life is transparent. What you see is exactly what you get. What I have said to you is exactly what I mean. Proverbs 20, verses 6 and 7 says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. In spite of this and countless other biblical calls to honesty and integrity, the truth is hard to find. Way back in 1900, Mark Twain said, The trouble with America is that we haven't learned to speak the truth. In fact, dishonesty goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve not only chose to believe Satan's lies, Adam actually tried to blame God for his own sin. We will get right back to our lesson after we greet those who have just tuned in. You are listening to Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the air led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you missed the start of class, stay tuned at the end of our lesson, and I'll tell you where you can find it on the Internet. We are in the middle of a series of lessons about integrity. We all appreciate it in other people, but we still have this strong tendency to make ourselves look better than we really are. Or, to put it another way, we tend to not live up to the image of ourselves that we project to the people around us. Why do we find it so necessary to hide behind masks? Well, let's get back to our class now. Pastor Steve has lots more to share about open and honest communications. Now, we want to put this together so we really understand what Paul is communicating. It's, it's critical that we understand this. His point is, is that even though some people at the church had accused him of not meaning what he said, of, of talking what we would say out of both sides of his mouth, his conscience said, it testified, it cried out that he always said exactly what he meant. In other words, his speech was candid, it was clear, he was totally transparent in his talk. No hidden meanings, no vagueness. What they heard from him was exactly what he meant. Now, he had been with them, we know, from Acts chapter 18, about um, 18 months so they certainly had an opportunity to observe him. And he is appealing to his conscience saying, look, I was with you that whole time and everything I said, I meant. There was no duplicity, no ambiguous talk. I was not guarded. I told you what I meant. Nothing hidden. Paul spoke as all Christians should speak. Non-Christians don't speak like this generally. That's why he characterized his speech with the words he went on to say, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God. Meaning that his speech wasn't characterized by the way the world speaks. They speak from fleshly wisdom. What is fleshly wisdom? Well, it could be any number of things, but I think in context here, Paul means words that are self-serving, manipulative, evasive, saying anything that befits them no matter what, stretching the truth, exaggerating, all of this. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This inevitably, when, when uh, I do premarital counseling or, or uh, counseling for married couples going through a difficult time, almost inevitably, every couple having struggles in their marriage, it comes down to communication, to commitment to Christ, and secondly, to good communication. And when there is commitment to Christ, there will be good communication. And Ephesians chapter 4 emphasizes uh, about how to get along with other people. And two times specifically in this chapter, Paul speaks of 
uh, being truthful in our speech. Chapter 4, verse 15, he says, speaking the truth in love. Now, he doesn't just say, speak the truth, because there are some people who speak their truth, they're just very brutal about it. We've all met people like this. They sort of have the attitude, I'm going to get this off of my chest, whether you like it or not. That's not what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about speaking the truth with the motivation of helping the person you're speaking to, not making yourself feel good because now you got it out of you. But also in Ephesians 4.25, he says, therefore, laying aside falsehood. This is how, in the context here, is the old man behavior versus the new man behavior. The old man is what you were before you were a Christian. And that was characterized by falsehood. But he says, the new man speaks the truth. Speak truth, each one with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Speaking the truth, certainly that involves don't tell lies, but also speaks of uh, don't exaggerate, don't be misleading, don't be so quiet that you give the wrong impression. Speak the truth, because only when you speak the truth can you solve a problem. Nobody's a mind reader. No one can figure out what the conflict is unless you tell them what's on your mind. So that's why always with marriage counseling, that is a critical issue. But it's, it's for all of us. Speak the truth. Don't hide anything. That's what Paul teaches. Paul said that his speech was not characterized by fleshly wisdom, but it was characterized by God's grace, which always seeks to benefit others. That is the grace of God. God's grace is that, is that undeserved favor that he displays and demonstrates in the lives of, of sinners who deserve anything but his mercy. God is always truthful. His word is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says, God who cannot lie. God is the epitome of truth. Paul said, I spoke to you the truth, but it wasn't only Paul's spoken words that he was up front with and frankly uh, conveyed to them, but his letters were just like that too. Notice verse 13. He writes, For we write nothing else to you than what you read and understand, and I hope you will understand until the end. Paul wanted them to know that his correspondence with them, his inspired letters, and by the way, he had three inspired letters to them, or three letters to them, we should say, uh, 1 Corinthians speaks of a previous letter. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 speaks of a previous letter, which we don't have. God and his providence did not include that in the canon of Scripture. That's really 1 Corinthians. The second letter he wrote to them we call 1 Corinthians. It's really 2 Corinthians. The third letter we, we have is called 2 Corinthians. It's really 3 Corinthians. And now that I've confused you completely, understand all he's saying is in all of my correspondence, I had no hidden meanings. That's the point. There were no hidden messages between the lines, no ambiguous language. His letters were just like his spoken language. They were clear. They were frank. They were straightforward. In other words, here, here's the thought. The simple, obvious meaning of my letters are the true meaning. Now, I want to stop here and think about this for a moment and apply these truths to our lives because I think there are two important truths that, that jump out at us. First of all, if you want to have integrity, and you should, you must, you want to have integrity in a ministry of any credibility, then you must be absolutely transparent with people, without wax, no cover-ups. That is to say, you must be marked by a genuineness that people understand, so that people trust what you say. 
It ought not to be a guessing game for them to figure out what you mean by what you're saying. What are your true feelings before, be, behind those words? That ought not to be the impression you give others. You know, he's really saying one thing, but I think there's something else here. Paul is saying, don't do that kind of stuff. Your words ought to be clear and understandable to others so that people know exactly where you stand. See, there are some people, you know them, I know them. You just can't figure out where they're coming from, even after you've talked with them. After they, they leave and you walk away and you go, what was that all about? What do they mean by that? You really don't know what they're thinking because their words are vague and unclear. You see this often in, um, in counseling situations, especially marriage counseling. Someone comes in, oftentimes it's the wife who comes in, unburdens her heart. He says, this is the problem, here it is. And the guy's clueless. How do you think everything's gone? Fine, fine. <laughs> well, what do you think the problem is? Well, he, he comes with some off-the-wall remark that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. There are people who do a good job of hiding their true thoughts from you so that you don't know what they're thinking. These are the kinds of people who lack integrity. They lack integrity. Why? Because the only reason they're hiding their true thoughts is because they have another agenda. They don't want to reveal something about themselves. They're afraid of the consequences. They have something to hide. They don't want people to know what's really going on. So they're the kind of people that no matter what, life could be falling apart around them, and, and you ask them how they are, and they say, fine. And I think if you ask their spouse how things were going, they wouldn't say fine. But they say, fine. Everything is just wonderful. But understand, Paul wasn't anything like that. He had no hidden agenda. Paul was very vulnerable, not just transparent. But in his transparency, he was very vulnerable. He, uh, throughout 2 Corinthians, he was very clear to admit his weaknesses. Paul never covered up anything. Here was a man who you could talk with and never feel like uh, he was in another world, that he was so far beyond you. For example, in 2 Corinthians, he admitted in, in chapter 1, verse 8, that he was burdened beyond his strength. He said, we despaired of life. I was afraid I was going to die, he said. In chapter 7, verse 5, he speaks of being fearful. In chapter uh, uh, 7, verse 6, he says, I was down, God who comforts the depressed, the downcast. In chapter 6, he says, Corinthians, we have opened our hearts wide to you. Won't you open your hearts wide to us? So he's admitting he felt unloved. In chapter uh, 7 of, of his letter to the Romans, he admitted his struggles with sin. He said, the things that I want to do, I don't always do those. The things that I shouldn't do, that's what I do. That's how all of us have felt. Paul was very, very open to admit his struggles and, and his weaknesses, unlike some people who, because of pride, cover them up. They want to give the impression that uh, everything is great and, and they're spiritual. They have no problems, no struggles. And Folks, that's just not reality. That's not reality. And no one could ever come alongside of you and help bear your burdens because according to you, you have no burdens. So we need to take heed to this. We need to take the masks off and let people know who we really are with words that are truthful. That's integrity. There is not a person on the planet who does not struggle at least a little bit with this issue. Pastor Steve will conclude this message on the subject of integrity in our next class. Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida is our instructor. 
For over 26 years, he has been serving at Lakeside, and now Verse by Verse Ministries makes his messages available to you through this radio station. We're a faith-based ministry made possible through the gifts and prayers of interested listeners who have first been faithful to their own church. If you would like to hear this message again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can download or listen online. We also have previous messages on our archives page. If you would like to be able to listen on your iPod, you can subscribe to our free podcasting service and hear Verse by Verse anytime, anywhere. The website also provides a way to subscribe to our complimentary newsletter. That's versebyverseradio.org. Today's class was the middle of a three-part message on integrity. And there are three messages in this series, so we are really just getting started. If you would like to hear the entire message at once, call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-441-1714. Why was the Apostle Paul so concerned that the Corinthians recognized his integrity? Was it pride? Since Paul was so transparent and vulnerable in revealing his own spiritual struggles, vanity sounds like an unlikely explanation for his response to his accusers. Clearly, there was another reason he defended his integrity so vigorously. Pastor Steve will have the answer to that question in our next class. This is Peter Silseth. We'll see you next time on Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.